Last Friday, Dennis Stewart and Health Naturally, we looked at herbs that might help in resisting ageing. And uh, can you just go over that a little bit for us? Yes, Jane, I, uh, Jane, I will, because we didn't get very far with it. We were just overwhelmed by calls. But essentially what I was saying is that in the herbal medicine system, we believe there are particular herbs that could help in resisting some of the ravages of ageing. And today we should develop that a little bit further. If we get a chance, we'll talk about the remarkable herb, Gigo Biloba. That's Health Naturally coming up. And your calls, taking part in the program, 49216216. And, uh, well, anti-ageing, that's got to be good. It has to be good. It's, it sounds a good term, doesn't it? And look, you can be cynical and say there's no such thing as anti-aging remedies or drugs or whatever but what we're essentially saying is that there are traditional ways in which one can sensibly work against some of the problems that are associated with getting older and we can learn from traditions around the world as to how their use of herbs has arguably put them in a better position than what they would have been had they done nothing. And this is the point. If we do not do something ourselves as we get older, well, then don't depend upon the system to keep us well. My belief is that there are remedies in nature which can be empirically and scientifically shown to have benefit in resisting many of the things that begin to assert themselves as we move through life. And ginkgo biloba is one of those remedies that has proven itself, particularly in modern times, as remarkably beneficial, where in Western Europe it is probably one of the most popularly prescribed or sold natural remedies. And it is used very much by the ageing community because of the work that the German uh, scientists and pharmacists and pharmacologists have done with reference to that herb, which has demonstrated that it contains active principles which do resist many of the problems that assert themselves, particularly with reference to things like um, cognitive activity. Ginkgo biloba is one of those remedies that has been very strongly put forward as having potential benefit in maintaining our cognitive ability, that is, our ability to be able to remember, our ability to be able to concentrate. Anyone who wants to research the ginkgo will find, and there's much research, by the way, Jane, on the net and elsewhere, one will find that that's one of the main areas where it is used, that in the situations where we all begin to feel that our memory is faltering, uh, not just waiting until dementia or Alzheimer's hits us, but where we begin as we get older to become aware that we're not as astute and quick as what we previously were. Ginkgo has put forward and has sustained pretty significant uh, scientific confirmation that it is a potential benefit in resisting that particular aspect of ageing. And I believe that very firmly. Look, it, there, there is a book written by uh, one of... Europe's best medical exponents of modern herbal medicine. I've mentioned his name on this program before, and I know many people that listen to this program uh, seek to get some of the texts and references I mention, and students out there that are studying uh, herbal, naturopathic, or even mainstream medicine should be aware of the fact that the work of a Dr. Rudolf Weiss, W-E-I-S-S, is one of the most uh, up-to-date, credible, 
clinically proven blend of science and empiricism, and in that text, the monograph that Dr. Weiss gives on the modern benefits of ginkgo biloba are astonishing. And I have lectured from that book and used his monograph to sustain some of the claims that I make for that herb. There is a man that uh, he's, he's passed away now, but probably the greatest exponent of the medical use of the herb in the 20th century. Keep in mind, of course, uh, Jane, that in Europe, um, herbal medicine is not seen as something alien to the mainstream. It is much more popularly used than what it is here. But coming back to Ginkgo, Weiss's work particularly in that work entitled Herbal Medicine articulates some of the great benefits of the Ginkgo, particularly again with reference to memory. We'll talk more about it as we go through. Carol's rung in from Taro, and uh, you've just had surgery, Carol, and you're wondering about using herbal remedies. Is that right? Hi, Dennis. How are you? I'm well, Carol. How are you? Oh, I haven't been very well. Haven't you? No. Um, I've been in, and I've got primary diagnosis is arterial fibrillation. Yes, yes. I know it well, yes. Secondary diagnosis, hypertension, chest pain, urinary tract infection. Dear, dear. It hasn't been good. I can, I can understand. So you'd be on a, a fair amount of medication. That a lot of drugs. They've taken four off me and given me six. Okay. <laughs> well, I've got, so got to send you a list in. Well, the, the thing about it is, though, Carol, you must need that medication. Otherwise, okay. your specialist wouldn't have placed you on it. That's so it. Um, you have to look at uh, the good side. Um, without some of that medication, right. you might not have made it. And That's you might it. not continue to make it. Yeah, and I yeah. say that I say that to all listeners. Uh, don't necessarily be embarrassed about the, med- the amount of medication you are taking. Most of the medication that patients take has been conservatively prescribed by their doctors or specialists. And I caution even my patients to be very, very sensible in their attitude of compliance. Don't go off anything that you've been prescribed until your specialist or your GP encourages you to do so. Now, having said that, uh, the more medication you are taking uh, for those serious health problems that you have, the more you need to be cautious and careful about what other complementary medications, vitamins, minerals, supplements that you bring in into the situation because listeners are probably not aware that sometimes interactions can occur uh, between things that we can purchase from our pharmacists, our health food stores, our herbalists and naturopaths. Interactions can occur which can complicate uh, a patient's management. So if you are taking any supplements, Carol, you need to make sure that, all from uh, you. All from me? Well, yeah. Okay, <laughs> ginkgo's first. Okay, now with ginkgo, ginkgo is a very useful remedy, but I suggest you might be odd um, what loosely is referred to as blood thinning medication. Yes, they've just started okay. me on that okay. oh, about three days ago. I would expect that. In, right. that. in that situation, most of the literature would encourage you not to use the ginkgo. Oh, that, okay. that is one area of caution. It is debatable, it is debatable, but... Um, most of the literature would discourage people that are on uh, blood-thinning medication to take the ginkgo. It's one area where ginkgo should not be used, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, well, he thought, he's, the specialist thought I would be offered as I walked out the door, but yes. no, my doctor's been through my papers today, and he said, for another, I've got to go back to him next week, so yes. he said, we'll leave it for another week. Yes. Well, look, and, for, follow what your medicos are telling you. They've got you through to this point. They're your main managers. Uh, when they give you the green light 
to go off blood thinning medication, then you could consider uh, reintroducing the ginkgo. At it has which, at, done such wonderful things for uh, me. That's the thing. So. Oh, look, uh, you're talking to the converted here. Oh, I, I know. I, I gave the first lectures on the ginkgo at a Blackmore seminar in Balgala 30 years ago. I was the first to introduce it, the first to lecture on it, the first to develop the product. Uh, Greenridge Botanicals was the first company, as far as I'm aware, to produce it in this country and I've seen little less than miraculous things and I hate to use that term but I've seen little less than miraculous things done with the ginkgo so I'm not surprised that you've done well on it all I'm saying is err on the side of caution when you are not on blood thinners in my opinion ginkgo should be then considered oh okay now China is sinus Chinese sinus, I know that remedy well. Um, look, it's a, it's a lovely little remedy, and it's because it contains multiple herbs in very, very small amounts, it would be difficult to see that interacting with anything you're taking. It would oh, okay. di- be difficult to see that doing that. Yeah, and the C, what is it, CP10 or CP210? The Blackmore's black minerals, the yep. biochemic minerals, uh, are essentially in a, in a homeopathic form. The content of mineral in them, would be so insignificant that it's difficult to see that also um, interacting with what you're doing. Right, um, yep. So I think they're about the only couple of things you might be taking. So I was just thinking, how mm. about I'd put it aside for the week and the yeah, look, I think, come off? And... I think that's, that's wise. Yep. Give it a break and then you've got my number at, um, at New Lambton. Give me a ring yep, on yep. a Thursday between 1 and 2 and um, I'll talk to you when you're ready to get back on them, Carol. Right. Okay. Yes. I'll make I'll make an appointment yeah. with Karen. Thanks for okay, ringing thank in, you. Carol. Okay. I appreciate it very much. Okay. Well done. Bye. Well. Bye. This is Health Naturally, and we're talking about ginkgo. Um, what about some other uses apart from helping us? With... Yes, well, look, ginkgo is one of these remedies that uh, has multiple benefits. We spoke a moment ago about its potential benefit in uh, addressing uh, concerns about memory and improving concentration and focus, particularly in the elderly. And I come back to the point and say that that is a real possibility and should not be seen uh, with a smirk on one's face. It has a strong history of benefit in that. But also ginkgo has renowned benefits, and let me emphasise this, renowned benefits in addressing some of the complications of diabetes. I have said for numerous years the two most important uh, supplements, herbs, call them what you like, that a diabetic should use to resist things like diabetic retinopathy, uh, diabetic circulatory problems. The two most important herbs are the ginkgo and the bilberry. And I have on my files numerous testimonies of patients who have improved in both of those areas as a result of a chronic long-term use of the ginkgo. So again, I say uh, people with uh, diabetic conditions think about the ginkgo as an agent to assist in resisting what is a common or what are common problems with diabetes, that is the development of diabetic retinopathy and also the peripheral vascular system that's associated uh, with it. Ginkgo is good for that. Excellent. 49216216 for your calls um, to get your question through to Dennis Stewart today. Jane from Thornton, uh, some kind of fungal condition you have on your foot, yes? Hi, how are you going, Dennis? Hello, Thanks Jane. for um, taking my call. It's a pleasure. Uh, um, I've heard you quite a few times on the radio, but anyway, 
Um, okay, so this is basically my fiancé. He comes from Vanuatu. He lives in New Caledonia. I have just come back from there. Yes. This is a, this has been ongoing for since I was there last year, um, uh, and I just came back earlier a month ago. Basically, they call it a mushroom. It's about the size of your open hand on his left foot, and it's 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 caused a a lot of edema and pain. Um, I I looked at it, because he's black, it's hard to see if there's blood poisoning or what's happening with his veins, you know, and things like that. um, But basically, the edema and the pain's quite a lot. He does a very... um, he does a lot of uh, 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 work, hard work, climbing trees, mm-hmm. cutting grass, so on and so mm-hmm. forth, seven days a week, and, you know, it's hard to get him to. So I changed his diet to uh, um, alkalize his body, you know, bicarb soda in the evening, off everything that is metabolized um, acidically, and um, try to put him on foods that are metabolized alkalinically. Jane, well, what, um, what, I, what I would say and what concerns me here is that there doesn't seem to have been any medical diagnosis of his condition. And where you get, where you get any lesion that's painful and edematous, you necessarily have to think of the possibility of infection, even of what's called a cellulitis. So all the dietary change in the world, good as it might be for his general health and his resistance capacity, may not be of any use. What I'd suggest is that the best thing you could do is while he's here, get him to see a GP, get some investigation, find out what's going on. Because if it is a cellulitis, pretty serious. It could be a very, very nasty infection. And you tell me that there's edema, you tell me there's pain, you tell me there's a large lesion or swelling. I'm concerned. Take my advice, as I know you will, get him necessarily to go to the local hospital, his GP, get it looked at while he's here to get it clarified, Jane. Just to make sure what's mm. happening. Mm. Mm. Okay, Jane, thank you for your call. Lynn from Gresford. Lynn, an update. Hello, Aches Lynn. Pains. Yeah, uh, Dennis. Dennis will do. <laughs> yeah, I, I, memory lack. Oh, well, it happens. You know, I've, ju- I've just spoken about that. You, see, yeah. you, need, you need to be on some ginkgo, my dear friend. <laughs> <laughs> Never no, that's mind. all right. Nice to hear um, from you, Lynn. Thank you. What I rang for, mm. I don't know if it's coincidence or not, mm. but um, the, I am virtually pain-free. Well, that's very useful, isn't it? It's better to be pain-free than painful, isn't it? No, this is after seeing you. Oh, okay. Uh, yes. on, on Monday. Oh, okay. With using the Blackmore product. Yes. Along yes. with the Glucosa Plex yes. oh, and yes, fish oil. Yes. Well, you were already on the fish oil, weren't you? Yes, okay. been on it for I a recollect while. you. You were taking uh, my Glucosaplex product, but I think I also prescribed that very, oh, how can I put it, it's not used enough, the selection of what are called Blackmore celloids that are used to address arthritic and uh, rheumatic conditions. So I recollect you, uh, you came in with your husband and you gave me some beautiful blue eggs. That's right. Didn't you? I recollect. Now, look, that doesn't surprise me, and I might just explain to listeners, Lynn, what we're talking about here. Um, Blackmore's today uh, was founded 
by a wonderful man, Morris Blackmore, many years ago. He's passed on now. And he was a great naturopath and developed what's called mineral therapy. He developed it in this country, and it became a very, very prominent part of Blackmore's business. And what it was, or what the hypothesis was, that some degenerative diseases, a good example being perhaps osteoarthritis, that these are associated with what uh, Mr Blackmore regarded as a deficiency in certain minerals. And so he developed a range of minerals known as celloids, that's the commercial name for them, that sought to address these diseases by supplementing the person's diet with particular minerals to address particular symptoms. It was a very, very popular system, still is popular. I would like to see it much more popular, uh, much more used by modern naturopaths as it was used very much by naturopaths and herbalists of my generation. It is a good system. The thing about it is you have responded very quickly, Lynn, because in most situations mineral therapy takes a little while to kick in. But I'm not surprised, but I I would suggest that what the combination here is, is that that's the real thing that's working for you. You're using my Glucosaplex product, you're using the minerals, and you, now, you have also been using fish oils. In my opinion, that trilogy is as good as you're going to get for addressing conditions such as yours, which is an osteoarthritic background. Thanks for reading in, Lynn. You're welcome and thank you. Thank you, Lynn. To a new RFM's Health Naturally at 20 to 1 and we're taking your calls on 49216216 and Jennifer has rung in on that number from Maitland with a question, Dennis, for you about menopause. Hello, Jennifer. Oh, good morning, Dennis. How are you? Oh, well, indeed. How can I help you? I was wondering if you have any suggestions that would um, help with menopause. Um, for mm-hmm. hot flushes, mm-hmm. mainly. Yes. yes. Um, it's mainly the flushing that's affecting you, Jennifer? Yeah, yes, I, I think so. I can be cranky, but that yes. might just be my natural okay. charming personality. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, we won't seek further clarification of that. But look, what, what I would say is that there are a couple of things that may help you. What What I have observed over my many years in practice is that uh, there are many products in the marketplace that purport to do wonders for this condition. I'm not convinced that all of them live up to their reputation. However, however, the, there are about three or four herbs which I would suggest to you should be tried um, individually rather than in combination before you uh-huh. move to some of the more sophisticated preparations. Some of them might sound rather uh, simple, too simple to be of benefit, but sometimes the most simplest remedy is the most effective. Now, listeners would have heard me on this um, program um, talk about the European use of sage. Now, when I say the European use of sage, in France, for instance, uh, most women would use simple infusions, that is herbal tea preparations, based on red sage, Red sage is easily procurable. It's available from our good health food stores, pharmacies, or sometimes even supermarkets. And sage has a reputation, and you can Google it and see that I'm correct in what I say. Sage has a reputation of addressing the flushing and the perspiration symptoms predominantly. And taken as a tea, two to three cups a day, where the dried herb, say a teaspoonful of the dried herb, is infused. Mm 
in a cup of boiling water, allow, allow it to stand to get the maximum strength from it. You can flavour it with honey or whatever else you want to, but drink about two to three cups of sage tea per day, say perhaps the last one before you go to bed. Try that. Give yourself a couple of weeks on that. These sorts of things are unlikely to kick in in a day or so. There are exceptions, but generally speaking, it is the chronic use of these natural things that leads to the benefit. So before you do anything else, start with the simplest, sage. The second herb that has a good reputation is the herb red clover. Right. Now, it is the basis of quite a few um, products in the marketplace, um, and I'm not going to mention brand names, but if you were to go to your uh, pharmacy or health food store and ask for a red clover-based preparation, they usually come in tablets or capsules. You would easily procure one, and they are not expensive. Red clover is a herb that has recognised phytoestrogens in it, and it is thought that the phytoestrogens are the agents which, um, how can I call it, accommodate the receptor sites that are presently being vacated by your own estrogen. So right. it's the second one that I would try, a very credible uh, recommendation to do that. The third yeah. one also is an American herb, which is probably the most, um, how can I call it, it's in, in a product that is very, very popularly out there produced by the Germans, and it's called black cohosh. Now, oh, th yeah. those three herbs uh, are usually found in most preparations uh, usually a lot of uh, remedies come in in a very complex combination, but you'll find that many of them will contain one or more of those three. Um, try uh, sequentially, try your sage, try your red clover, try your black cohosh preparations. That's what I would be doing. But again, I come back to the point, give yourself time. Um, mm -hmm. Don't expect a, a brilliant reversal. Uh, it's not a bad time to, to be flushing presently with the weather cooling down a bit, so you might have things in your favour. Try that and see how you get on. Oh, thank you so much. You've okay. been really helpful. Well, thank let's you. see how it works. Thank you. And thanks for your call, Jennifer. Mate, uh, I'm still staying in Maitland with Rachel now. Now, you've got a problem with blood pressure being high, I mean. Yes. Hello, thanks. Rachel. Um, blood pressure has been mm. high for four years after an accident yes. and it's pain, but the blood pressure, they cannot get it down, no matter what. How long have you had your blood pressure for? Years. Many, many years. Uh, when did you have your accident? Years. A long time ago. And you've been thoroughly investigated? Uh, we're having trouble hearing you, Rachel. I don't know whether you're in a hard, um, a, a low reception area. Are you still there? Yes. Oh, yes. you're still there, Rachel. Okay. Look, the the reason I say that is that um, there is a condition that's very, very rare. Um, in fact, most GPs will probably not see it in their lifetime. But my wife was one of the one in a million that had the condition and it's known as a pheochromocytoma. And a pheochromocytoma is an, a, 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 usually a benign tumour on the adrenal gland which sends the blood pressure uh, sky high, dangerously high. Um, it's fairly easily tested in, in a 24-hour uh, urine test can usually uh, determine the level of catecholamines that are in, in your urine. I'm pretty sure that your doctor's would have 
uh, rule that in or rule that out. But it's not a bad idea just to ask. No, you they haven't. They haven't done that one at all. Well, ask you just have a talk with your GP. Um, again, I'm speaking from personal experience here. I'm a bit of a specialist on phagocytomas, and I say that in inverted commas. When when you when you have a wife um, who's alive as a result of um, uh, this being very very late in the day, uh, picked up in in um, end of the road medical investigation, you become aware that um, sometimes it's worthwhile raising with people that have uncontrollable blood pressure. Again, I'm, I'm, I'd be most surprised if this hadn't been looked at, but raise it with your GP to start with. Say, doctor, my blood pressure, as you know, is uncontrollable, dangerously high. Um, do you think it has anything to do with a benign tumour on the adrenal gland and it can be easily tested for. This is Health Naturally for our sponsor, Dennis Stewart's New Lambton Herbal Medicine Centre. And we're taking your calls on 49216216. Still time for a couple more calls. Dennis, uh, John has rung in from Tukli and uh, it's depression the problem. John? Good afternoon, Dennis. Hello, John. How are you? <laughs> not the best at the moment, okay. but I've just been in the hospital, yes. been treated for depression. Yes. And whilst in there, I couldn't eat or sleep. Oh, dear. Uh, I had a uh, terrible time. I happened to be in a bad ward at one stage, but yes. not to worry. Uh, now they, whilst in there, they found out that I was uh, lacking sodium yes. in my uh, blood. Mm-hmm. So they put me on... Amlodipine, is it? Amlodipine, yes. Amlodipine, yes. yeah. Uh, one tablet a day. Yes. Uh, now, um, uh, two tablets a day, sorry. Now, uh, I'm taking those, but I haven't been able to sleep, so I got some Nature's Own, Complete mm. Sleep Advanced, it's called. Yes. Containing ZI, ZI. P-H-U-S. Zisipus, which is a Chinese uh, herb, yes, yes. Hops and 50% more lactium. Mm. Now, the first night I I tried them, uh, didn't work too well. Last night, I managed to get four and a half hours sleep. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, would there be any interference taking these uh, with with my medication? Okay, you're probably on... A fair amount of medication, are you, John? Uh, no, I'm on that amphetamine. Uh, I'm going to have paracetamol whenever required. Mm-hmm. And for another reason, I'm taking this uh, half a tablet of Hyprex. Hyprex, okay. They've, they've cut down all mm-hmm. my uh, medications. Good. You're probably taking too, too few, uh, too many things, sir. I um, was, yeah, originally. Yeah, yes, yeah. Look, what, it would be unlikely that the product that you're talking about would interact. Most of these things that are available from our good health food stores are products that have been vetted uh, by the Therapeutic Goods Administration and seem to be um, safe enough to be issued uh, without script. Now, having said that, having said that, I come back to what I said earlier. It's always possible, even with natural things, for interactions to occur. So what I suggest you do, seeing you're getting a good result with this, that's a good starting base, take it along to your pharmacist. Get him to have a look at it and maybe do a printout on some of the constituents in it to see if there is any likelihood of any of them reacting 
with what you're presently taking from your doctor. I doubt it very much, but it's worthwhile seeing your local pharmacist and saying, look, could you just punch this into the computer or give me an opinion on it based on what I'm taking? I think that would be the safest thing for you to do. But again, I come, again I come back to the point, John, I'd be very surprised if it uh, was capable uh, of interacting because the preparation would probably have quite a few ingredients in them and it's more of a compound effect likely to be occurring and I come back to the point that these things available without script um, are considered to be very safe having said that do what I said get it vetted thank you very much Dennis thank you've, you, made, John. you've made my day you put me at ease good on you John thank you thanks for your call John and we'll move I think this might be our last call Dennis Warren has rung in from Raymond Terrace and uh, it's a question about, is there such a thing as a male menopause? <laughs> okay, Warren, it's a, it's a controversial term, isn't it? Yes, it is. I was just, just, I was just very curious. My girlfriend, she's uh, going through menopause. Yes, yes. Hot flushes. I'm, I'm 52 this year. Yes. And sometimes I get these hot flushes myself and I'm just wondering what's going on. Oh, okay. Uh some people would argue that as men move through um, life, uh, significant hormonal changes can take place. Um, uh-huh. And I think this is generally acknowledged that testosterone, for instance, uh, begins to wane in many men as they move through life. Now, I'm not sure how that would translate into a flushing situation, however. Are you taking any other medications? No, not at all. Okay. If, if you're getting any f- flushing uh, phenomenon like this, um, I wouldn't just rest on it. Go and get it looked at because it could have something to say about your general glandular functioning, your thyroid activity. Have a, make a visit to your GP to get some d- blood work done and get his opinion on it before you conclude that you're going through the male menopause. Okay. Um, so it's... It, it, so so is it possible that men can actually get hot flushes or not to your knowledge? I, I don't see too many men with hot flushes. <laughs> Good yeah, idea. So I've, I've, I've um, I heard some other people, um, some other gentlemen um, had a similar sort of thing. Well, look, it's possible depending upon the, the balance of your hormones and only your GP is capable of carrying out uh, the blood work that would elucidate this to see whether it is. Uh, genuinely hormonally based. Okay, so it sounds as though it does need to be uh, looked at. And thank you very much, Dennis Stewart. That's uh, Health Naturally for today. You can catch this program on podcast through our website, 2 and you can listen to Dennis again next week on next Friday after the midday news on 2NURFM.